What a blessing. What a blessing. Well, this morning, um, I know um, on our minds or the churches and the area that was struck by Hurricane Michael this week, uh, I'm going to ask you to remember, I've got a couple churches here that I want you to remember in your prayers this week. Some of you maybe even are familiar of the area. First Baptist Church of Lynn Haven, Florida, uh, suffered damage to its building and also flooding. First Baptist Church, Port St. Joe, uh, suffered a broken steeple and loss of its roof. First Baptist Church, Panama City downtown, Highland Park Church in Panama, and the Family of God. They have two uh, campuses in Panama, and both of those uh, suffered uh, damage uh, there. We'll be sharing more with you. Uh, we know what these brothers and sisters are going through. We have been through it ourselves. We know it's not easy. We know that this event will change their lives to a certain degree. And uh, I just want us to pray for them today and to remember them in our prayers. Um, and uh, because when you're going through that, just knowing that someone else is thinking of you and is there to help um, uh, is a great thing. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Let's gracious Heavenly Father, as there are churches today that are meeting outside because they can't meet in their facilities. And Lord, those that still don't have water and air condition and electricity, Lord, as they meet today, I just pray that as people see gatherings of people worshiping you, Lord, it would draw them in. And Lord, we just pray for these churches, and Lord, we pray that you would touch us and how we can help them. And Lord, we just want to lift them up in prayer to you today. And Lord, we just, that the name of Jesus will continue. And Lord, that you would just watch over them. Lord, we ask this in your son's name. Amen. Then, you know, Brother Preston says this each week, and, and he is so right. Read, read your bulletin. We are in a time of the year right now. We have so much going on. I, we could spend the next 30 minutes and talk about things that are coming up that we haven't even mentioned yet. Uh, but there is so much going on. But yesterday, I'm going to take just one more second. Yesterday, uh, Upward Sports, as Brother Preston said, was great, wonderful experience. Yesterday, we had Vendor Day at the Pumpkin Patch, and it was just wonderful. The people that were there, the people that were coming through, we want to thank all those vendors that participated and the people that, that came through. It was just a great time in the pumpkin patch. I also, like I said, I'm trying to... I also, we've got a new group from St. Matt's here today. Uh, they have a new group. Guys, you're welcome, and we are glad to have you. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Genesis. Why am I in Judges? Genesis. I was in Judges chapter 6. That would have been... Genesis chapter 16. Let's start over. Genesis chapter 16. Genesis chapter 16. Abram's wife Sarah had not borne any children for him, but she owned an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Sarah said to Abraham, Since the Lord has prevented me from bearing children, go to my slave. Perhaps through her, 
I can build a family. And Abram agreed to what Sarah said. So Abram's wife, Sarah, took Hagar, her Egyptian slave, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as a wife for him. This happened after Abram had lived in the land of Canaan ten years. He slept with Hagar, and she became pregnant. Her mistress became contemptible to her. Then Sarah said to Abram, you are responsible for my suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and when she saw that she was pregnant, I became contemptible to her. May the Lord judge, may the Lord judge between me and you. Abram replied to Sarah, here your slave is in your hands. Do whatever you want with her. Then Sarah mistreated her so much that she ran away from her. So we look at this story this morning, and as we look at it and, and, and see how it applies for us, have you ever, maybe you and your spouse were driving along, maybe you're in the App Appalachian Mountains, maybe you're in Missouri, maybe you're driving along, you're on the main highway, and all of a sudden, for some reason, you see this road, and you say, you know, let's go down this road and see where it leads. You ever do that? Y'all ain't very forthcoming, but I think you have, okay? And you go down that road, and you really don't know where you're going. And as you go down that road, you notice real quick that not many cars go down that road. And as you go, your, your spouse is grabbing your arm, and she says, you need to move over, because all I can see is the cliff. And the husband says, but all I can see is the mountain flapping in my face on this side of the window. Very narrow. And that detour bumps along and you said, man, this was a mistake. We need to get back to the main road. And eventually, finally, you get back to the main road and, man, you go, whew, I am so glad. And that's when your wife jumps out of the car and kisses the pavement because she is just glad to be back on something that is solid. You know, sometimes in life, we take detours. I'm talking about in our spiritual life. I'm talking about in our life. Sometimes we take detours, and sometimes those detours lead us to places we don't really need to go. But we think we have it figured out. We find in our story today that Sarah, she had not given birth. She had not been pregnant. She, she knew that the Lord was going to bless them. She, she had heard the Lord Keep saying that, that, that they would, would be with child, but, but waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. You know, sometimes waiting is a hard thing, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Have any of you waiting at a drive-thru, pulled out of the drive-thru, because you had just had enough? Again, I don't see hands, but I think, I, I, I think I've, okay. You know, it's like, this is fast service. This is what this is supposed to be. But waiting is not our thing. Sears Repairman, 8 from 5. We've narrowed it down, 8 a.m. to 5, 5.03. They call you, Mr. Jerry, we've gotten behind on our schedule today. Can we schedule this for next week? And you've already sat there from 8 to 5. That's when I speak in tongues. <laughs> waiting is not my thing. I bet for some of you, waiting is not yours. 
But what about waiting on God? Now you say, but they should have known. They had been in the land of Canaan for 10 years. Now that means something because that was the place God told them to go. That's the place that God had led them. And, and, and they were where God wanted them to be. And they had seen many miracles of what God was doing. But they were still waiting upon the Lord. 10 years. How long do you wait on God? How long do you wait on God? I said, well, I might wait this long, but I don't know. Should you ever give up on God? Never. Now, God doesn't work on the same timetable we do. But waiting is part of faith. Waiting on God is part of the faith process that all of us need. And sometimes that's hard. That's why, you know, what are we doing when we're waiting? You know, if we're doing nothing while we're waiting, that, that, gets, that gets old quick. But if we're doing constructive things in the sense that if we're waiting on God and we're spending time on prayer and reading His Word and growing in statue in the sense of growing as a child of God, that can be beneficial. And using that time and then also as we're growing through the Word and as God speaks to us, maybe we'll be better to understand it. But waiting on God... But also growing in faith. A willingness to wait on the Lord. Are we willing? Allow that faith. Now, you know, nowadays, you can go to the pharmacy, you can go to the doctor, you can go wherever, and get your flu shot. One shot, boom, you're done, right? Well, what if, starting Monday, Mr. Preston had faith shots in his office? Problem is, he's got to give them to you. Okay. One shot, immediate faith. Would you go? Sure. <laughs> but is faith immediate? Faith is an ongoing process, isn't it? And sometimes waiting is part of that process. Waiting on God. Now, we know that our God is awesome and, 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 and our God can do things, but God has a plan. What we find with Sarah and Abraham in this case, and that's why I'm, I, I titled this, Beware of Detours. Beware when we start coming up with a plan without consulting God. What happened here was that Sarah had gotten impatient. She wanted a child. She said, well, I guess 75 years. Abraham was 75 years. You know, I've got to, I've got to take this into my hands. You know, how many times have we done that? Well, it just, it's time for me to take matters into my own hand. Sometimes that's dangerous, isn't it? Now, I know there's times we've got to do that. But sometimes when it comes to God, we've got to be careful when we take matters into our own hand without consulting God. So Sarah did what? Well, next best thing, my maidservant, Hagar, she can give my husband a child. Now, in those days, that was legal for that to take place, for Abraham to have another wife. So it was legal, but was it right? And you see, God wants to give us joy. God wants to give us peace in our life. And, 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 but we've got to be careful with our schemes. Second-guessing God is a dangerous thing. Now, I know sometimes we think we've got God figured out, but man, let me tell you something. 
Sarah thought she had this figured out, and she had second-guessed God, and she put this plan into motion. And what did I just read? Those two women, two women, two ladies, two women, Sarah and Hagar, especially after she became pregnant, there was a feud going on in that house. There was a feud. There was a war going on in that house. <laughs> Notice what Abraham said. Well, she's sure. Handmaid, she's yours. You know, you do. There wasn't peace in that family. You see, Sarah's scheme was, hey, this will take care of the problem. What did it, what happened? It backfired big time, didn't it? It made it worse. Now, I know we don't want to admit to this, but have you ever come up with a plan and did it and made things worse? We've all been there. We go, man, why didn't I, why did I do that? Here's something to think about. Not everything that is legal or that appears to be successful is approved by the will of God. Now, what was Sarah thinking? Well, you know, he can have another wife. So it is in that time. You know, she was thinking, okay, that's legal. That, that, that's okay. But, you know, just because it's legal doesn't make it right when you put it against the will of God. And, and even in our world today, sometimes we say, well, it's legal, it, 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 it's okay. But then we find in verse 4 through 6, well, the fighting began. And man, it, it wasn't pretty. Now, notice something with me. I think it's in verse 6, if I can get my glasses to focus. Somewhere in here, I'm looking for it. I can't find it. Hagar... She got to the point of the fight, and what did she do? She ran away. Now, do you blame her? Not really. She ran away. She was thinking, well, you know, I'm in a situation here. I'm, I'm not in a winning situation here. But you know, what happens in life sometimes when, you know, plans blow up, things get ugly, and sometimes we think, well, the only solution is to run away. You know, Adam and Eve, when they saw that they messed up, they left the garden, went into the whatever, the woods, the jungle, whatever we had. They ran away. You know, there's a tendency when things are not going right and we don't know what to do, we, we, we run. We get away. And it goes back to that question, can you outrun God? Can you outrun your problem? How many times have you thought about you know, if I could just move to some place in North Dakota where it, nobody lives and, and it's a minus 50 degrees and no one would come out and see me and I'm going to live there and, and all by myself and all my problems will go away. Is that going to work? No. It don't matter where you go. You know, isn't it amazing how those problems just seem to follow you? And so running away wasn't the problem, so some things had to happen. Look at chapter 16 of Genesis, verse 7. It says, Then the angel of the Lord found Hannah by a spring in the wilderness. Now, isn't it amazing? Sometimes people say, well, God won't talk to people like that. I am so glad that God does. God, the angel of the Lord, came. And basically, what did Hagar need to do? She needed to submit herself, submit herself to God. 
you know what? When we go to God with our problems and our things that concern us and we submit ourselves to him, there's an amazing thing that takes place. Sarah, what did she need to do? She needed to submit herself back to God. She had done the scheming. She had put this thing in place. And But Sarah needed to submit herself back to God. Abraham needed to submit himself back to God. You see, they got this plan going and, and you know, with, with this pregnancy and, 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 and all these things. And what they needed to do, instead of just letting it run amok. That's a Greek word, run amok. They needed to submit themselves back to God. You know, sometimes we're afraid to do that, aren't we? Sometimes, you know, it's kind of like little kids. We don't want to come in in the evening because we're afraid mom and dad take one look at us and know that we've been up to no good. But, you know, submitting ourselves back to God is the first of the process of getting back to where we need to be. Now, God loves us. God will discipline us, but he will bring us to where we need to be. Abraham, Sarah, Hagar. The child, all of this. You see, when this plan was thought up, nothing, no one thought of God at that point. Well, you know, sometimes when we've got it all messed up and we don't know how to put it back together, boy, that's the best time. Say, God, I've I, I got to come to you because I don't know how to do this. And submit ourselves back to God and, 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 and allow God to show us. You know... Sarah didn't mistreat Hagar after she submitted herself back to God. And, you know, Abraham also learned a lesson to stand up and to be the man that he needed to be. You know, Ishmael, the founder of the Arab people, his name would mean a wild donkey of a man. You know, sometimes when we do these schemes and we come up with these ideas or these detours, sometimes they go awry. They just go and it's kind of like we need to say, man, I need, I need to get back to that paved road. In other words, I need to get myself back in church. I need to get myself back on a, on a, on a, on a point in my life where I'm praying to God and studying His Bible. I need to get back to the pavement because these detours are leading me in such a place that I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. You know, and, 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 and that's where we've got to get back to those things that we know will hold fast. And that's why Jesus Christ is that solid rock. And when things start blowing around like we see in hurricanes and tornadoes and things, and we don't know where things are going to land, go back to the rock of our Lord Jesus Christ, and He will help us. He's the only one that can help us. You say, but preacher, I've messed up too many times. I wonder how many times the disciples messed up. More than once. More than seven. You know, we need to see how sometimes we take these detours. We think we've got it figured out. We all do it. But we need to get back to the pavement that leads us to the home of our Lord. I was talking with one of the men from St. Matt's this last go-around or maybe two go-arounds. He had been in it before. He was in St. Matt's for his second time around. And, you know, he wasn't proud of that, but he said, Brother Frank, he said, 
I almost didn't make it back. He said, I took that detour and I, I thought I had it figured out. But I almost didn't make it back. Guys, I, 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 all of us, all of us today, be careful of those detours. We think we know where we're going on those detours. But you don't know what's out there. And so this, today, be mindful of how we need to submit ourselves to God every day so that we don't go astray. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm just grateful for your word. And Lord, just like Abraham and Sarah, they went on this detour, Lord, thinking that they had solved their problem, but they only made it worse. Lord, may we see that we need to consult you in all things. Lord, we need to be on that road to you. And Lord, show us the directions and the pitfalls. Show us what is there so that we could go to you to where we need to be to grow and to learn more. Lord, just be with each person here today. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.